A quick shout out to friends, family and all those struggling through second wave lockdowns in Victoria, New South Wales and other affected areas in Australia. My thoughts and hopes are with you. We will get through this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, this is Cast Magic, the podcast for the indie game project The Dragon and I. I'm Dark Magic, your host. Um, I'm a lot of things for this project, actually, when you think about it. Uh, this is a very art-centric, art-driven uh, venture, but uh, for, the, for the time being, um, as we're sort of building up to the official launch of the project publicly, um, I've been doing programming, I've been... Uh, you know, sort of uh, handling the animation side of things and, and directing the art where possible just for uh, the consistency that we're looking forward to. Um, there's been some major milestones this week. Uh, I have sort of mentioned previously how COVID-19 has been affecting my ability to um, make some major headway with the game. Um, not necessarily in the way that it is affecting other people. And I, I do understand that I still sort of speak from a fairly sort of uh, safe position with regards to COVID-19. Unfortunately, um, just sort of in in the intro, uh, as I was alluding to, uh, things have sort of uh, picked up again here uh, in Australia, unfortunately. Um, Again, you know, nowhere near as significant as the rest of the world, but, um, you know, worth worth pointing out um, just for the sake of... um, recording you know the journey of of this game but um with with all that's been happening even though you know this has been a very difficult year for literally everybody um as as far as this project is concerned the uh, the show must go on and and I am very excited that um we have had some pretty uh, major updates this week so I'll just sort of quickly go into those without too much deliberation um essentially we've We've been talking about the motion capture side of things for this project, how it's giving us an edge um, over sort of other similarly scaled projects, and we're really starting to see the results of that. Uh, For the first time this week, we were able to sort of put together our pipeline, which uh, enables us to, um, you know, from start to finish, record uh, motion capture uh, sessions, get all that information recorded from the from the the capture technology um, bring that into our animation software and pair that up with um, you know not just throwaway models that that we've had on loan from other um, other talent in the games industry but uh, you know like actually applying that to our characters the ones that we have full control over and the ones that will you know will be showcasing through through the story and and the upcoming demos and and what that sort of means is that uh, even though it's taken a number of months to actually you know, COVID factors aside, you know, there's still been some delays in getting all that put together. Um, but now, you know, I can sort of say that uh, any sort of character or any sort of animation that we need to sort of prep for use within the game, uh, we now have um, a sort of approximate step-by-step process to do that for virtually any character. Uh, and this may also apply to uh, creatures and stuff as well. Basically, we're able to 
decide what needs doing for a particular session, get that all recorded, get it into our software, get it paired up and cleaned up um, on the characters and, and have that all working. And then most importantly, because you know we have been able to do that sort of out of the box, but most importantly, we now have a process of bringing that into the actual game and, and pairing that with gameplay. So I put up a little bit of uh, vision uh, just the other day on on the Discord, depending on when you're listening to this, um, that that was really exciting and probably sort of under underplayed just how important that was for us to sort of get um, uh, our character uh, moving around, you know, like sort of using our, um, just the, the technology that we developed for our uh, demo that we'd built in the older version of Unity. Um, and then also, you know, being able to have that, uh, blend animations together, you know, like just sort of idle fidgeting and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, it was it was very simple, you know, to sort of like a gamer, I guess, they're just looking at, oh, cool, you know, that character can move around like in any other sort of video game, you know, the things that you expect in a video game. But what's super important to us is it's like, cool, we we have like, you know, a set of guidelines that, that it lets us basically now do whatever we want and get it into the game without having uh, the delays or, you know, the, the complications that we've been sort of working through really getting into the weeds on some of the uh, eccentric uh, sort of uh, elements of, of animation and, and games programming and all that sort of thing. But um, we've sort of ironed out enough of the kinks with that to, to let us sort of really you know, when a character comes along now, it'll be like, cool, let's get them all uh, rigged up and animated and game ready within like a, you know, within the span of a week, which would be, um, you know, really awesome to see. And the other thing as well that I didn't sort of quite capitalize on, but just, you know, something that has been happening with the project is that we've also been ironing out the kinks with the, uh, like the visual side of things because, because COVID hit and we took a bit of a delay and like we had sort of like a game you know, sort of playable in, in a version of Unity. Um, but some of the artists were really interested in, in exploring some of the um, newer uh, technologies that have been developed over at Unity for like high definition, uh, you know, like color spaces and, and just, and basically just little, little tweaks and details that let the game um, create light and reflections and that sort of thing. Um, in a more realistic manner than the version of the software that we were using. And I thought it was going to be a, a little, a reasonably simple process. Like sometimes you, you know, like I, I've done enough in, in game development to sort of know when something's going to be like a big task, like, you know, creating the pipeline for this animation stuff and, and having that all be nice and consistent. But this was uh, another sort of uh, factor that, I hadn't really sort of quantified because at least most of the reading on the subject through Unity forums and from other developers and stuff like that, it was it was very much either, you know, one camp of, oh, this is super easy, you just click a couple of buttons and everything's converted, and then the other camp is like, oh, this was so frustrating to deal with, you know, we just don't, we haven't bothered with it sort of thing. So been doing some experimentation there, been trying to sort of, build what we had in the old demo um and you know not risk tampering with or destroying those files or anything just in case you know it just didn't work out for us I wanted something to fall back on um but been exploring sort of using newer 
rendering technology because I think the characters that we've got um, available, the the sort of the visual style that we're going for with the project is such that I really think that if we can sort of crank up the graphics, so to speak, you know, tighten the graphics on level three, um, then when people see the project, I think they're going to be blown away. You know, I, I think that when people see the concept art for this game, they get pretty blown away. So, you know, we're not trying to go for the realism that we've got in a lot of our concept art and stuff, but it, just having more, you know, more detail, you know, more is more, you know, if, if you can get reflections, you know, reflections of, of the sky or other characters sort of gleaming off armor or, you know, like if you can get like realistic sort of ref reflections and refractions in characters' eyes and get them all nice and glossy and realistic and, you know, it's all leaning towards that sort of that believability and that sort of high production value that, you know, people want to support that. So that's, that's what I'm interested in trying to capture. I want to try and get that best first impression. So, you know, we've been experimenting with that. That's definitely had some like interesting setbacks but i think that as as with the motion capture stuff it's all sort of coming together now where we've been sort of spinning our wheels for for a bit but we've been able to do so because of covid um you know we've been able to sort of decide to delay you know like a major release um a public release of, of the game projecting and go you know how, how can we use this extra time that we're sort of forced uh, you know on us to um to to better the project and you know we're starting to see the results of that um so I, I can i can say with confidence that when we actually get the uh the first game demo out there it's actually going to have that new uh sort of you know rendering uh, and lighting technology so that um and, and we're really trying to capitalize on that i have been teasing that with with a couple of like screenshots of um stuff that i've been working on for like the main menu and stuff like that it's just going to be sort of this um mountaintop vista overlooking like a, a sunrise or a sunset sort of thing and uh the visual like the the visuals are just amazing um i'm gonna try and try and come up with like a little camera system so that if you sit on the main menu for a bit it might you know pan around or do some like alternate shots of, of that little vista because um, you know, like in, in a, in a bigger than 180 degree field of view, there is just like, just so much detail that we're able to sort of throw, um, into the game engine now. And it's, it's not really impacting, uh, performance either. A lot of the work I've been doing has been on my laptop and, and most of the time, like, yeah, it's spinning the fans up, but all, all video games do that. But suffice to say that like, even on my laptop, this, this, uh, this new demo, with the extra lighting and extra detail uh, put into it, um, it's still running really, really nicely. Um, and you got to remember, like, it's running nicely while the editor for the game engine is running. So once we actually optimize it, um, do a couple of uh, passes that, that allow the game engine itself to optimize some of these uh, lighting techniques and, and, you know, be using less... Um, less data on the go sort of thing. It can sort of uh, bake... Uh, a bunch of this stuff, um, it's going to run even better. So, you know, if I'm getting, say, 60 frames per second right now, as a, as a random example, like, I might have headroom of 80 or 90 frames once it's all optimised and, and sort of running just the game without all the extra technology overhead. Um, because, you know, that that's the great thing about Unity. That's, that's what I really like about working with Unity for this project in particular, is that, you know, 
while you're playing the game like you can kind of pause it whenever you want and just do little tweaks and be like is this good you know like is this is this what we want to change and, and we're going to really lean into that for um you know cut scene editing and and getting getting sort of that that stuff sorted you know really really using the the benefits of this particular game engine um to just enable us that that extra creative flexibility and freedom when it comes to to doing the the storytelling aspect of this game which which again like this is this is what all the all the motion capture stuff um sort of boils down to like this is this is why we're sort of leaning in to this technology for the demo we're um we're we're experimenting with the you know leaning into the the flexibility of unity um it's it's sort of cutscene making tools and such in in a way that um it may exist in other games but certainly none that i've played that have tried to sort of give you a bit more creative control over what's happening in a given cutscene, and, and I believe I may have touched on this before, so I'm not going to go into too much depth with it, at least until we've actually got uh, the working prototype of our idea uh, out there. But um, I, I got an interesting question from uh, one of my friends the other day, uh, just sort of talking about how when the project scales up, if you know, if if it does scale up to the point where um, certain uh, things that I'm doing, like the programming or you know sound work or animation work or whatnot, like if I could sort of uh, delegate that off to someone else um, and focus on something else on the project, uh, you know, was was there anyone that was going to start helping with like say the animation or or the or the storytelling and that sort of thing? And this was a really good question because. Um, it's you know for anyone that's been following the project it's obvious that uh um other than the importance of the story itself uh for me personally you know what it actually represents um even if i can't sort of um give that succinctly you know that's something that i want people to experience because it's a very personal um you know things based on my personal experiences um but but other than the story and 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 you know just just getting getting a game done under my belt that that was sort of something uh, driven by me um the most the most essential thing for this project has been uh the motion capture technology the animation and that sort of thing and and, and the reason is is because you know even in a perfect world where um you know we really win the lottery on this and and you know, I can sort of scale it up to the point where other people are, are helping with, with the project or maybe even doing full-time um, work, helping bringing this all together. For me, at the end of the day, like, if I can pick one thing that I want to focus on for the project, if, if I'm allowed to sort of step aside and let, and let other people um, handle some other aspects of the project, it really has always been for me about the story and then you know because of that having the creative control over the animation and and the the motion capture work and that sort of thing that's that's why um all of that sort of stuff has been set up here locally um where, where i'm working so that uh, it, even even when it does scale up and i do intend to have um at least in terms of the actual capturing of animation and, and motion. Um, I do intend to have people helping me with that so that um, at some point, um, really as early as possible, I can sort of step more into a, a directing 
role with that, um, with that side of things, because for me, we've got this opportunity to put a story, like a really emotionally driven story into this game project that, um, we have the opportunity to actually represent that, not just through, I've said this before, you know, like a lot of games who, who want to tell a story, they have, they make sacrifices, you know, there's, there's usually like a visual sacrifice. Maybe it's a, a really emotional story, but they don't have the, the budget or manpower or technology to animate a lot of it. So it could just be like, um, visual novel stuff or or it's a 2D game or, or that sort of thing where they're doing a lot of implied storytelling. And I think that for this project and, and for the actual, for the themes of this narrative, having the, the ability to, to actually demonstrate and project those emotions, you know, really capture those sort of the body language and, and you know, the expressiveness of the characters going through um, you know, the, the main motions of this story, that was an opportunity that like, just, we, we couldn't pass it up. You know, if that, if that was something that needed to be compromised on, then, you know, this probably wasn't moving forward. So we took it from another angle of, of, you know, not letting the gameplay get ahead of the, of the storytelling and just keep it nice and tight and, and particular to the story itself and, you know, try and theme it, um, through the gameplay as well. So, that's why, like, this week, um, like, I'm really sort of underplaying just how just how excited I, I am that everything is sort of clicking together and we've got an approach now when we want to be doing uh, these recording sessions or, you know, like, getting something into the game as, as quickly as possible. Um, we know what we need to do in order to, to see that happen. And then that means that we can go back to focusing on actually... Um, you know, using the technology to actually, you know, put forward something that's, that's really emotionally driven. Um, you know, like it, like the, the demo is, is no exception to this either. Um, I will say now that I don't consider the demo to be like, it's not a scene from the game. This is just a little closed off experience that lets us experiment with, um, a couple of design goals that we have that may or may not see their way into the project itself um as as well as uh just being able to actually get the gameplay out there get the you know the the fight mechanics the you know just the various ex exploration options you'll have when you're not fighting um and and just making sure all that technology and those mechanics are working nicely and then we will approach um a section of the game that's that's got very important story um, moments in it, you know, a slice of the actual game story, uh, but one that we can sort of wrap into its own start to finish sort of little uh, mini narrative sort of thing. Um, but even though this demo is not like canon uh, to sort of use that, that phrasing, uh, we're still, we want to use it to sort of show how we're leveraging this motion capture technology and, and how we're delivering on some some emotional storytelling. So even though it's not sort of part of the main narrative, it's not something you need to sort of be, be thinking about when you're playing other uh, game updates that we'll have in future and that sort of thing. Just, um, you know, like it's an important update and it's an important game build because this is our first opportunity to to flex as much as possible some of these like 
interactive narrative moments that we're experimenting with. And, and maybe they don't work out and maybe they're not fun, but if we don't do that work now and sort of set certain standards for ourselves for the actual proper game, you know, the, the one that people will be supporting through Patreon and, and stuff like that, if we, if we don't get that out of the way now, we might stumble through it and waste a lot of time with the actual game project. So, yeah, it's... I'm excited. I, I don't. I don't think there's any really any other way of sort of, you know, getting around it. You know, we've the the stuff the stuff that I'm most passionate about with this project. Like that's all finally coming together. You know, the the risks that we've taken in investing in, you know, motion capture technology, despite the scale of this project, is paying off. Um, you know, the the footage that I showed, like it wasn't great. There was it was literally just throwing together just a couple of animation loops that, that we had just sort of on archive into the old demo and sort of pretty up uh, at least the rendering of the, you know, the, the depicted character. But, you know, as bare bones as that seems, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of things that have come together in order to make that happen. And now we know how to get it all together. That means that we can just keep rep repeating that ad infinitum until this project's done. And, and that means that we've sort of secured a level of quality, you know, at least like visually for this project that I'm really uh, interested to sort of flesh out even more for this, for this full demo. So that's sort of, you know, for, for the next number of weeks that uh, we're sort of putting together was, you know, now that that's all sort of um, achieved, we're going to go back and sort of continue focusing on, on some of the mechanical stuff and actually expand what we had, what we've been sitting on for a little while now, and just sort of, you know, that needs tightening up so that it sort of fits um, the level of detail that we're now now shooting for with the animations and, and the, the characters and, and that sort of thing. So with that in mind, you know, I need to sort of put aside my excitement for a little bit and, and get into the sort of the programming side of things again. But uh, hopefully once that's done, we are well on our way in, into sort of having a bit of a an actual time frame for getting this demo out because like the biggest hurdle was just getting it all together. And now that I can prove, you know, like we've, we've demonstrated, yeah, you know, like you can play the game again, but now it's in the new engine. It's got the motion capture, you know, it's got all that stuff there. Now we need to build up from that. You know, we've sort of, we've taken our time off. We've sort of polished things up a little bit. And now it's time to sort of keep moving forward, um, move forward with this game demo. Uh, and just as, as well as a couple of other new um, game features that we're sort of experimenting with. And, and that'll be the main experiment for this demo. Um which, which I've talked about previously. So it's, it's all looking good in that regard. I'm, I'm really happy with, with where things are going with the project right now. And I'm really excited to see if that momentum can keep going forward over the next couple of weeks and, and really sort of start to supercharge, you know, our trajectory towards the public release of the game demo. Now I'm not looking to do a, a terribly long episode today uh, I do have a couple of uh, candid things that I'd like to share uh, in just a moment but I'm just going to take a quick break now to gather my thoughts on that and I will be back shortly
All right, we're back. Well, I'm back. There's no we, there is only me. Um, when I started getting into the podcasting stuff, um, it was around about the time that uh, several games that interested me were sort of uh, coming on to release, like uh, World of Warcraft Classic at the time. I was really interested in that. Um, you know, been, been playing a number of, of interesting games um, around that time when I wanted to start getting into podcasting, but uh, certain things sort of cropped up. Uh, especially with the case of WoW Classic um, and some of the uh, recorded content that I'd made for that, um, which was just sort of candid let's play, sort of, you know, design deconstruction-y sort of stuff. Um, you know, I ended up casting that aside because I didn't really have enough time to, to do that, plus this uh, sort of podcasting stuff. Um, but, you know, I've sort of dabbled in, in little uh, personal thoughts, projections and stuff in the past and uh today i just sort of wanted to go into a little bit of uh, detail um just on some of the uh, uh just the pleasant surprise that's been what i was expecting to be one of the strangest and, and most messed up games of last year and and that is uh death straining i've been playing a little bit of uh, death straining lately and yeah i've just got some got some thoughts on that that i wanted to sort of um just sort of write down for, for future reference sort of thing. So, um, for a bit of context, um, earlier this year, I started building a new PC. Uh, sometimes when you're, um, uh, purchasing things like in particular graphics cards, but sometimes motherboards and CPUs, and, and sometimes they just do these bundle deals. And, um, conveniently when I went and bought the graphics card for my, uh, new PC, uh, they were doing just a bundle so that you got a free copy of Death Stranding. Now, Death Stranding has been a, a PlayStation-exclusive game. Um, when it came out, it was quite uh, polarising, I guess is, is the right word, for how people have received it. Some people thought it was just this this uh, artsy-fartsy sort of, um, you know, sort of nothing in particular sort of game, and other people were like, no, 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 this is really cool, you know, I've sunk, you know... 50, 60, 70, 100 hours into it sort of thing. And it's just like, wow, you know, like the, just the, the attitude was, was quite polarizing. And, and then it, um, it's, it's recently come to PC and it got a good PC, uh, conversion. Um, so, um, you know, like I, I was, I was never going to, to purchase the game. I don't have a PlayStation. Um, and you know, the game's like a hundred, hundred bucks or something like that. So, um, when I bought the graphics card and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, you get a free copy of Death Stranding. I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, um, a, a game that I, you know, there's a lot of games out there that interest me that like, I'd like to just try them. And usually it's just because, you know, maybe I hear something interesting about it, but don't have the console or it's from like a series that I'm not too familiar with, but I want to see what the hype is. You know, like there's, there's lots of games out there where like, if I could just go to a friend's place and just play it for like an hour or two then I feel like I'd get it, if that makes sense. You know, there's a lot of games like that, like, um, you know, like the recent God of War, Uncharted in general, you know, I've, I've only sunk probably three or four hours into each of those games at a friend's place, and I can kind of see what makes them good, you know. I don't, I don't think that I missed out on some super essential story twists or anything like that. Like, a, a lot of the time, like, a good game, and, and what, what should make a game good, is just, like the things you're doing in a 20, 30 minute time frame sort of thing 
they should feel cool. And so, and, and that's an interesting segue in, into what I'm finding really interesting about Death Stranding because for a free game, all I expected was to be like, well, this is one of the best looking games out there from a new company, you know, from Kojima, um, you know, incredibly talented, um, you know, or at least, you know, fairly well-known uh, game developer. Um, I've been very impressed with his with his games in the past. And, and like myself, he's always been very interested in really pushing uh, the technology of, of video games. So, um, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of Death Stranding, seen a couple of cut scenes, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty weird, sort of like, like the subject matter of the game is quite strange. Um, but I didn't see a lot of the gameplay. So I was just like, eh, I'll, I'll download it, I'll install it, and, you know, if, if I don't like it, it, it turns out to just be a, a way of showing off how well my new computer build can can make video games look cool. You, you know, just like a, a show PC sort of, uh, sort of experience. But, um, you know, very quickly, I think I've sunk, you know, 10, 15, 20 hours into it without much hesitation at all, uh, which is really interesting for a game that, you know, most people have just brushed off as a walking simulator. And I find that really interesting. And I think that that really goes to show how essential a first impression can be for any sort of game, really, because um, especially at where I'm at in the game, uh, you know, while the core mechanic is still, um, you know, organizing cargo and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and obviously just for, for quick context, you know, if you really don't know anything about Death Stranding whatsoever, it's, it's this post-apocalyptic world and your main character is like a courier, essentially, you know, like you are taking, um, cargo and, and sometimes people and you're, you know, you're, you're helping them travel from one place to another because the world has, you know, gone to hell. It's the post-apocalypse. Um, and, and they're these creatures that, that typically, you know, like you got to stay away from them and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so quite often when you're looking at the game, it's just a guy sort of running around in, in this fairly barren landscape, um, with a, bit of cargo on his back sort of thing and it's very easy for someone to just look at that and be like oh that's just a walking simulator this is just some highbrow you know game that's all about sounding cool and looking cool and being a lot you know artsy fartsy as as i've put it sort of thing but um you know even though probably i'd say the first like i guess hour hour or two of the game while it's introducing you to the world and some of the core concepts of the game are quite um, you know, it can be quite like that. So I can see why that would be people's first impression of Death Stranding. Once you're actually sort of well and truly into it, you know, especially if, even as you're heading towards the end of the first uh, zone, if, if that makes sense, you know. Um, by that point, despite, you know, moving cargo from A to B is, is still kind of like the that's how you would describe it to people. But the actual, like, the, the minute-by-minute gameplay is is so strangely engaging. And, and it's really, it's it's really, I've gotten swept up in it. You know, not not just the gameplay, but also the, the social commentary that's going on in the game. You know, like, I think, I think it's got one of the strangest first impressions for a game that's actually leaning, you know, so hard into an actual 
a social experience, you know, like this, this game, the world of this game paints it as this isolating place, right? So, you know, you're out there by yourself, you barely see any other human beings other than when you go to deliver a package, some dude's hologram might come up and be like, oh, hey, thanks for that delivery, man. And, you know, like you get your rewards and that sort of thing. The game and the story sets it up to being this super isolating experience. And in some respects it is. But when you're sort of, you know, like when you're just, just sort of out of the tutorial, you know, like when, when you're really just sort of, you know, you've got a couple hours into the game itself and you're actually you know, do, doing the core of it, get, getting to the point, um, you realise that this is actually a social game because when you make the initial uh, journey, so, like, like the the places where you do your deliveries, they're all cut off from, like, this, this network, say. So, basically, most of the time, you travel to a location so that you can hook them up to the network, um, and, and that's part of the story of bringing humanity back together sort of thing. And usually when you travel there, you'll have to cross mountains, climb up cliffs, you know, you've got all these tools available to you to traverse a very sort of rocky landscape that's quite foreign and, and alien looking at times, even though it's supposedly set in America. Um, but once you connect people, you get this uh, this new layer of, of sort of assistance from other people who are actually playing the game. So, for example, if you connect, like, a really remote location, it'll say, you know, you're now on the network, you can see and interact with other players, uh, like, utilities and stuff. And, you know, you'll, you'll turn your character around and, and look at this, you know, this massive valley you've just traversed and with all this slippery terrain and you've fallen over and you've had to, you know, go collect your gear that's fallen off a cliff and all this other, um, you know, garbage and, and, and you know, kind of forced frustration-y sort of stuff. And then you'll see that there's there's bridges and roads and, and ladders and all sorts of, like, useful uh, technology and even vehicles that have been left behind by other players. And then that's, like, when the game really hits you as, like, this... Like, I don't know if it's cheap to set the game up to be so... Not punishing, but tedious, I guess, is, is probably the right word... Um, set the game up to be so tedious and, and such a challenge to get to a particular place because uh, it's not just the terrain that's your enemy like there are actual kind of essentially bandits in addition to um, the sort of the more horror type sort of ghosty creatures that that can impede your progress um, you know so you've got like these dudes trying to steal your cargo you've got this hostile environment where you can slip down a cliff or you know like you have to carry all this gear with you and walk slowly because without it you won't be able to you know cross this chasm or you know like all these sort of factors and then you sort of reach your destination and then being able to look back at how far you've come and then you see you know what other players have put their time and effort into constructing um, to make that progress easier for you. And it's just like, it feels kind of cheap, but at the same time, especially, especially now in, in, in 2020, um, there's the, like just this huge wave of relief of like, oh great. You know, like if I have to do some like extra missions to get some extra, um, you know, unlockables or, you know, some new tools or vehicles or whatever, like, you just go down the highway, you just go A to B sort of thing. And, and like this, this massive relief that you feel is actually really encouraging. And I've actually found that 
especially recently where, um, you know, like I, I've been in a particular zone in the game for quite a while now, and I don't know if I'm really near the end of finishing it, but I've sort of identified that like it's, it's, you know, two or three times larger than my last zone, right? So getting from like the main delivery center to where the story has currently taken me has like that journey is quite long. You know, I've got access to a motorbike now, but, um, you know, without access to roads and bridges and stuff, the, the terrain is quite, you know, quite difficult. Um, even as like, like I'm a guy that loves riding motorbikes in video games. I, I like traversing the environment on a motorbike. That's fun in like GTA, PUBG, etc. Like I'm pretty good on bikes, but the environment is designed in such a way to be fairly difficult, even on a motorbike to traverse, let alone a, a Jeep or, or truck or whatever. So, um, I've actually gone out of my way to sort of gather resources at certain locations, um, and start actually paving essentially like a highway from like the major delivery center to at least as far as I've been doing the story, because I've probably been in this particular area for the past, I guess, five or six story missions. So it kind of feels like an area where a lot of players may, um, be spending a lot of their time. And it, and it makes me think, you know, like I log into the game and it's like, I, I don't get anything out of it really, but I want to build something for someone else today. You know, and, and, and some of this highway that I've been building, um, you know, I'd have to carry supplies to uh, these sort of like robots that will build, you know, sections of highway or, or road or bridges or whatever for you sort of thing. And it's like, I'm, I'm heading into areas where like, I haven't even explored it myself, but I know that, you know, by the time I get into that area, I'll be really happy that I'd built that road up. Um, but also I'm sure that, you know, other players would, would appreciate that. And, you know, like I did that for a couple of hours in my first session, like the first day I decided to extend this highway. Um, and then I logged back in, you know, a couple of days later and like, I, I think maybe like two or 300 players have at least used the road because there's all these social metrics in place that let, excuse me, that let you know when, uh, someone's been using your stuff or like there's actually a button like a, a like button that you can press to be like hey this was you know this was really useful or, or whatever um, and I got like I think I'm up to over 30,000 likes now like it's it's probably only been about half a week probably about a week since I've I've made that that highway and you know just like logging in and being like hey you know you got this many people appreciating you, you know, what you did. And it's like, cool. Like this, this doesn't help the story at all, you know? And this, this doesn't, it, it helps me a little bit, but I, I don't really get anything out of helping those people with their playthrough other than, you know, just some acknowledgement that I have been useful. So it's kind of like a, you know, like it, there's some minor upgrades that you can get for making, you know, socially useful things, but like, this this experience is something that can't be quantified in oh that's just a walking simulator by by kojima like that does the game such a discredit and i thought that it was worth sort of pointing out some of these things to um you know as small as my audience is and 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 that sort of thing i i think that there's there's just certain certain qualities in some games that, that I do like talking about, like just as a gamer, um, from time to time, you know, like the, these sort of social mechanics 
really really fascinate me and i don't know if that sort of thing would be suitable in a future project of my own like you know i'm certainly not interested in doing any multiplayer playery sort of stuff for um you know the current project or anything like mechanically the current project is fairly locked in in terms of of what we want to let players do um because we're focusing on the story and we just want to keep thing you know the the things we present we want them to be tight you know we want it to feel really polished so we don't want to be too spread out with ourselves but um yeah just just uh especially you know as i sit down to do this podcast every every month or so um i have done a couple of episodes in the past just sort of talking about design ideas that aren't relevant to the project but are things that i want to think about but but some sometimes like like i don't i don't play a lot of other games i i like playing games that aren't similar to what i'm doing with my own work um and and so like death stranding has definitely been been filling this this niche um but but also just into like the, the mechanics are just so strangely engaging for what they are and you know it is more than a walking simulator but at the same time you could argue that all they've done is basically take the the core you know just just running jumping climbing all those sort of core basics that you have in many video games and and just they've they've tightened them up and they've made them have such a precision to them with with the extra uh you know weight distribution mechanics and fatigue and and other sort of elements that um yeah like like there's there's a lot going on for a game that doesn't seemingly have a lot going on and that's that's just been an interesting sort of uh that's that's been an interesting destination to arrive at with this game and i'm really interested in where the story is going it starts off again like mechanically and narratively it starts off in a kind of strange place it almost deters you from getting invested but especially where i'm sort of at it i think that even without the social layer which is probably providing me more engagement and more incentive to continue on than the story um in some respects but i can sort of see what the story's setting up i can see the the themes that it's exploring with with human relationships and that sort of thing and and these are these are themes that are very important in my work and i've always been very interested to see games in particular tackle some of these subjects that we sometimes only really see in in film and and other media that like i don't think these are necessarily mature topics per se but i I think that um unfortunately a lot of game writing does boil down to uh you know uh narratives for the masses and, and lowest common denominator sort of stuff where you know i think games really shine where they start talking about the the serious stuff um, and just the human experience and that sort of thing. So for the time being, like, I, I have no idea if I'm going to finish this game, but for a free game, or, or at least a game that I didn't, like, go out of my way to purchase uh, in particular, um, there haven't been a lot of games that have gripped me this much that were just essentially freebies. So, like, that's been a really pleasant surprise. Um, it's uh, it's It's been a strangely good way of unwinding considering this is essentially like a horror game at worst or, or just like a, a tense thriller sort of 
you know, at, at, a, at a base level, but it's, it's been, it's been a great experience. Um, if you've been on the fence about it, or if you've got any way of sort of checking out the game a bit more, I think, I think just looking like watching the game being played doesn't do it the credit, you know, because of how you engage with the game as the player with the, with the movement mechanics and planning ahead in your journey and that sort of thing. Like it really is something that needs to be experienced. So, uh, high recommendation from me at, at this point. Um, you know, I don't, don't do a numeric rating, but this game was a pleasant surprise. And I think that if you actually get past those initial couple of tutorial missions, like there is something like quite engaging here. Um, and, and it's been good to see that some of my friends that, uh, like typically, you know, just, just, just play like your annual franchises and your first person shooters and that sort of thing. Like I've seen a, a broad, um, category of gamers really getting a lot out of this game. So if that's any sort of recommendation, uh, I'd highly recommend uh, looking into it. Now I will say every time that I say that it's going to be a quick episode, uh, it runs well over 40 minutes, so I won't take any more of your time today, but um, I hope you can see that I'm I'm really, really pleased with uh, the progress that's being made now. Like, finally, some of, the, some of the things that you can see coming together at the sort of, you know, like when you're managing a project like this, you can see all the pieces sort of coming together, but sometimes it's just hard to actually you know, get that out into a video or, or a screenshot or something to actually demonstrate to others. And so now that we've gotten over some of those hurdles, we can get back into where we left off, essentially. You know, we're now sort of back uh, back on track with, with the project, and, and I'm really happy to report that. Um, and and that's, that's something that's really good to see. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, uh, when our next report in, I'll be just... A, discussing uh, some of the new features that we are implementing and probably break down um, just sort of because because the the nature of the demo has sort of been revised from from what I have mentioned previously in the podcast um, that's something we may need to reflect on a little bit Um, but until then I'll wrap up today's episode so thank you very much for listening this has been Cast Magic and I am Dark Magic your host thank you very much for listening and have a pleasant day